Onde eu sonhei que estava em Moscou Dançando pagode russo na boate Cossacô Onde eu sonhei que estava em Moscou Brazil kicked off its World Cup campaign on Sunday with an underwhelming 1-1 draw against Switzerland. It was the first time in 40 years that Brazil hasn't won its first World Cup match. But that's not the only weird thing about this year's tournament. Brazilians seem not to care as much as they used to care about the biggest tournament in world football. Opinion polls show that 53% of Brazilians are not interested in the 2018 World Cup. And today we're going to discuss why that's happening. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro and this is Explaining Brazil. Actually, I'm crazy about the World Cup. It's one month of insanity during which I try to watch every single game to the great regret of my wife. Uh, even this podcast recording was delayed by one hour so it could watch Russia and Egypt play. Nevertheless, I'm interested to dig a little bit and find out why Brazilians are not like me and are not invested in the national football team as they used to be. And to talk about that, I'm joined by Matias Pinto, who is an historian and a football fanatic. Thank you, Matias. Hello, Gustavo, and all, all the listeners of the uh, Explaining Brazil. Uh, it's a kind of weird uh, to change the, the role uh, here in this podcast. Exactly, because listeners don't know about this, but Matias is actually involved in every single podcast we've recorded so far. Matias works at Central Tres, the studio which hosts our podcast in Central Sao Paulo. So now, for the first time, you take the microphones. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> and Matias, four years ago, Brazil was the host of the World Cup. Uh, in 2013, one year before the World Cup, millions of Brazilians protested against public spending on stadiums while hospitals and schools are subpar in Brazil. Uh, and they used to shout, there will be no World Cup. But once the game started, people seemed to forget about political problems and started enjoying the event. So what's different now? It's just that the World Cup is not here, it's far? Well, in 2013, the, the demos are not against the, the World Cup or the Federation's Cup. Uh, it was against the rise of the bus ticket in the major cities of Brazil. So the demos start in June in the same month of the Federations Cup, who is traditional uh, a lab for the World Cup uh, at the, the host country of this huge event. In 2014, even with the political climate as complicated as it was, people enjoyed the event, people were cared about the event, and in Years before as well, in other editions of the World Cup, you used to see more uh, yellow jerseys on the streets, uh, Brazilian flags hanging on people's windows. And it's like if you don't turn your TV when a match is being played, you wouldn't tell that we're experiencing the World Cup right now in Brazil. It seems, uh, like I said, 53% of people, according to polls, uh, say they don't care about the event. Uh, which is a record. Brazilians are usually very much associated with football. Yeah. Why do you think this? there was this rupture between 
the national team, the sport, and the rest of the population? I think also the national team are further and further more away from Brazil. Uh, Brazil used to play more in London than any other city from Brazil. The five South American teams who are playing in Russia right now, uh, just Brazil, don't, don't play uh, friendly here in, in the continent. So I think the, the football and the national team are losing space in, in Brazil, not just because the, the, the political moment, but the sport are, are not as strong as used to. But still, in the National League, uh, attendance is speaking, right? In kind of, kind of ways. With the, the construction of new stadiums, you, you attract uh, a new kind of uh, supporter. Uh, a more like the a wealthier supporter. Yeah, wealthier su supporter because the the tickets also uh, high. Uh, so people who don't have money uh, don't follow the their clubs like used to. So uh, and, and those are their hardcore friends, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, the, the the Brazil football is always this discussion about the lower and the high classes. And most of the Brazilian derby, football derbies, has this element. And uh, since you're a historian, I would like for you to help me uh, portray this to our listeners. Um, you said Bra the Brazilian football team is more and more detached from the country. How uh, was it used to be? Because uh, we hosted two World Cups. Yeah. We had epic failures on both occasions. But the reaction to the failure was very different. In 1950, uh, the country was, the team was the country. And uh, Nelson Rodriguez, who was one of Brazil's most celebrated football pundits, used to call the national team the motherland on cleats. Uh, when Brazil loses the final game against Uruguay, it was as the nation had failed, the project of a Brazilian nation had failed. And when we were pounded by Germany 7-1, it was more of a joke. It was more meme material than anything anything else. Well, we're back to the 1920s when Brazil has to play a, a tournament, a South America tournament in Argentina. And the president, Epitacio Pessoa, uh, recommended the confederation to not choose non-white players to represent Brazil then. So since uh, the, the early years of the national team, uh, there is uh, like a feud about political issues in the command of the, the Brazilian football. Uh, in 1938 was the first time Brazil uh, bring the best team to represent the country. Uh, so in, in this occasion, Brazil reached the, the semifinals, lose to Italy, who was the, the, the champions of this edition. But uh, Brazil has the top scorer of the World Cup in this occasion, Leonidas da Silva. Who was a black player. Who was a black pair, player, uh, which is called the Black Diamond. And 
From 38 to 50, after the, the Second War, Brazil hosts the, the World Cup as a, a symbol of the peace relations in, in the world. And it, it was a propaganda uh, agenda of the, the government. So to show the world that Brazil is a big player after the, the war. And it's funny because uh, sometimes people think that samba and football are the national symbols just because it happened like that, but it was actually an effort by the government at the time, uh, Getulio Vargas, who ruled Brazil from 1930 to 1945, to use radio uh, and football broadcasts and samba uh, music shows with uh, a lot of samba artists to create this sort of Brazilian identity. The association of Brazil's entire notion of countryness and football begins there then, right? Yeah, and, and Getulio, uh, it was a, a strong supporter of the prof professionalization at football uh, because it's very close when, when he creates the labor rights in, in Brazil. Uh, he always do speeches in, in stadiums, especially at San Januario, uh, the Vasco da Gama ground, who was the, the biggest in Latin America in the beginning of the, the decade. And, and Vasco was like the blue-collar club at the time, right? Yes, Vasco, it, it's uh, uh, the, the only big club in the north side of Rio de Janeiro. It's a lower-class uh, area in the former capital. And uh, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is how uh, Brazilians' self-image has always been connected with what's going on on the pitch. Uh, and I remember, just to uh, bring Nelson Rodriguez back, uh, he used to, and he was the one who co first coined this expression, which became a sort of... Motto. Yeah, the yeah. motto for how Brazilians see themselves, which yeah. is the stray dog complex. That Can you explain what does that mean? Uh, after Brazil lose the, the World Cup uh, at home against Uruguay, uh, depending with a draw, uh, it, it's, it's better to, to remember this. Brazil is playing for the, the draw. Uh, to to be champion. Yeah, it wasn't the the traditional bracket we have today. Yeah, it was a yeah. group. It's a final group, a final group stage. And Brazil and Uruguay uh, play the, the the last round. And Brazil is the, the the leader. So with a draw, Brazil will be the champion. So Brazil starts uh, winning the the match uh, with a goal from Friasa. Uruguay score. And then uh, made the, the victory goal with Gija. And this, it's so frustrating uh, for Brazil that Nelson Rodriguez, then he created this, that Brazil will never be a champion of uh, big things. Uh, so it's uh, a paradoxical way to see the things in the beginning of the 50s, when Brazil, the Brazil growing uh, big numbers. Yeah, it was more like, even if the Brazilian team is better, it sees itself as inferior to any other team in front of them, right? Yeah, and in 54, 
Brazil played the, the World Cup against Hungary. And it's another political issue because uh, the Brazilians uh, faced th this match against a socialist uh, rivalry because Hungary is a the the first uh, biggest team from the behind the curtain and Brazil was representing the the capitalist uh, world um, and in this occasion Brazil changed the kit now the, the the national team kit uh, because in the Maracanazo place with all white Maracanazo the defeat to Uruguay the yeah Uh, plays with all white uniform and change to the uh, canary kit, the gold and green uh, jersey, who is the, I, I think, is more famous than the Brazilian flag. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> and uh, sp speaking of that kit, because um, during the 20... 15, uh, 2016 demonstrations against Dilma Rousseff, millions went to the streets and asked for her impeachment. That movement used the, Brazi the Brazilian football jersey as their symbol to be in the national colors, white and green, but since mo normally when people have a yellow t-shirt is a Brazilian yeah. jersey, uh, everybody was on the street asking for her impeachment with the Brazilian uniform. And then, since then, the Brazilian football kit became something politically charged, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know uh, if you know people like this, but I know many uh, left-wing friends yeah. that will not wear that jersey anymore. Yeah, the, the same way in the 1907 World Cup that uh, some members of the guerrilla or le left-wing parties, they support Czechoslovakia in the first round because also it was a socialist team. Four years earlier than the demos against Dilma, Aldir Garcia Schill, who created this kit, uh, the canary kit, uh, told to the press that the, the uniform has l lost the, their symbol because it, it was a, a critic about the business among the football. And in 2015, uh, they got a new political color. So uh, it, it was very close to the idea of the demonstrators uh, against Dilma Rousseff who wear this kit to protest against the, the government. One thing that I always find funny about uh, this protest, and I'm not getting into who was right, who was wrong, but it's choosing the jersey from the Brazilian Football Association to protest against corruption. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the Brazil FA, the CBF, yeah is one of the dirtiest organizations in sports, right? Yeah, the, the two latest presidents of the CBF are banned uh, of the, the FIFA, who, who also, it's a, a contradictional thing. The FIFA banned someone to corruption. You have really to be crooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jose Maria Marin, who also was a... Uh, In Brazil, we called uh, cyborg uh, government. He was appointed by the military regime, yeah, right? Yeah, for rule the state of São Paulo, who is the most populous uh, 
in Brazil, and Marco Polo Del Nero, who also can travel around the world. It's pretty ironic yeah, for a guy who, who is called Marco Polo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he, he is, is looking for the, the FBI. Yeah. So, out of the three last uh, CBF presidents, two can't leave the country and one is already in jail. Uh, Marin, Jose yeah. Maria Marin, uh, who was uh, arrested in a big internet, worldwide scale operation by the FBI, yeah. who arrested several FIFA officials. It's a house arrest sentence because he is still are in a yeah, yeah, but he's waiting, yeah. but he's waiting for the, the prison sentence. He has been convicted yeah. and uh, should probably go to jail. Yeah. So, uh, and now Brazil are represented in the, the World Cup uh, by a former coronel. And so we backed the, to the dictatorship uh, era when the, the CBF is militarized. Well, not only CBF, uh, yeah. the military are really present present uh, within the federal administration right yeah. now. Yeah, and, and also some Brazilian managers uh, in World Cups are formed by the, the the army, like Claudio Coutinho, who was the, the manager in the World Cup in 1978 uh, in Argentina, who the, the semifinal against the, the host nation was uh, called the R Rosario Battle because it was a very a very violent uh, game. And uh, just changing the sub subject, we're approaching the end of the, uh, this episode. I would like to talk to you about an episode that in Brazil has caused a lot of heated reactions. So this is a group of men, of Brazilian male tourists in Russia, who are asking for a Russian lady who doesn't know what she's speaking in Portuguese to talk about her genitals. There were, among these men, a member of a police force, a member of uh, a municipal administration. Uh, how, how has this episode been interpreted in Brazil? Sadly, some people still laugh about a video like that. It's a very criticized image of Brazil, who are now in Russia. The Brazilian supporters are not the same supporters of the clubs. There is a difference in comparison with our neighbors. It's a, a lack of representation of the Brazilian terrorist culture. So yeah. I, I think it's a, a poor image of Brazil abroad. You know, and it, it's important also to mention that this is not the typical Brazilian supporter, like you yeah. said. This group of people, first, who have the money to go to Russia, it's already a very small small portion of Brazilians. Yeah. And there was a, an op-ed published by O Globo, one of Brazil's top three uh, newspapers, that I, I think was pretty spot on when they characterized this kind of 
people as uh, the entitled nouveau riche Brazilian middle class. Yeah. Who just because they're paying for stuff gives them the right to treat people as garbage. Yeah, in, in some way is uh, very close to the demonstrators of uh, against Dilma, who also in the opening of the World Cup 2014, uh, she heard very bad words uh, at the, the before the, the game against Croatia. Yeah, the the opening match. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but thanks, Matthias, for joining us this time, uh, talking with us, not only helping us operate the podcast. It was a pleasure. I also like to thank our listeners. If you like what you heard, please take a look at our website. It's Brazilian.report. Every day, we have new content about Brazil's politics, economics, and society. We also have exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed on what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now to our free trial and enjoy all of our content for 14 days. It's really free. You don't have to give your credit card information. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian Report. That's all for now. See you next week. Mm -hmm.